You're listening to Radio MD. She's a chiropractic physician, lecturer, author, entrepreneur, and talk show host. She's Dr. Suzanne Bennett. It's time now for Wellness for Life Radio. Here's Dr. Suzanne. COVID-19 has caused major economic devastation and has disconnected many of us from community resources and support systems. It's also created widespread uncertainty and panic. Such conditions may stimulate male violence in families where it didn't exist before or worsen situations in homes where physical, emotional, and mental abuse has been a problem. Today on Wellness for Life, we have Dr. Sandy Curtis, an internationally trained music therapist with more than 30 years of experience in clinical practice, education, and research. She's the author of Music for Women Survivors of Violence, a feminist music therapy interactive ebook. Her specialty is working with women and children survivors of violence people with disabilities, and in palliative care with current research interests in feminist music therapy and its use for empowerment. Thanks so much for being our guest, Dr. Curtis. Really happy to have you here on Wellness for Life. Oh, I'm so pleased to be here as well. Great. Thank you. How, how did you get interested in domestic violence and working with survivors of male violence? I, I know you think that domestic violence actually minimizes violence against women. Can you talk about that? What got you interested and about the term domestic violence? Yeah, um, I was working as a music therapist in Georgia uh, and got a a position working at the women's correctional facility. And I thought I was working with women prisoners, uh, and I was. But what I found out was seven out of 10 of the women were survivors of male violence. And a large number of them had used their own violence as a means to get out of their abusive relationships. So that really opened my, my eyes to the, the reality that so many women experience uh, male violence. And so I really wanted from then on to continue. I saw that music therapy and music was such a powerful way to connect with women survivors and to help them heal. Um, I understand the term domestic violence is pretty popularly understood, so I use it. But uh, I, I have some reluctance because it it sort of masks the dimensions of gender. Uh, you know, it sort of looks like, uh, you know, a, a spat between a man and a woman in their relationship, when in reality, 96 to 98% of the violence in domestic situations is male violence against women. So we really have to understand the nature and the scope of it before we're able to hopefully fix it and address it. You mentioned some of the stats that you, you were when you were at the facility um, over in Georgia, but what is the general statistics? I, I'm not familiar with it in any way of of the male violence in our country, in the United States. Are you familiar with the numbers? What goes on? Uh, well, I, I do know the numbers have increased dramatically in the six, past six months of our pandemic. But prior to that, the, the numbers were really quite, I think, striking and quite horrendous. Uh, people are unaware. Uh, in the U.S., one out of every two women will experience some kind of male violence uh, in their lifetime. And that's, a, that's an incredible number. Uh, so, and of course, we really need to understand that the, the reality of the statistics, it's much more that than that because women are reluctant, are scared, are fearful to report. And even when they do report, sometimes it doesn't get caught in the statistics because maybe it's their ex and not their current uh, partner, or maybe they're just cohabitating and not married. So there is really a shockingly large number of women who will be uh, impacted in their lives. 
it's not just women. I think it's children as well. Um, physical abuse. Oh, yes, women and girls. Yes, yes. You yeah. know, I have a telemedicine practice, Sandy, and, and um, a couple of days ago, so telemedicine is basically you, I take care of people over the phone and consult them for their health and wellness. And one of my patients was extremely distressed when I spoke to her. Uh, her bookkeeper came up, you know, came over with her face like black and blue and her hand and arm was all bandaged up. And my patient really did feel like she was beaten up by her husband, but she didn't know what to do, you know, how to help her. She actually said to me, you know what, doc, I'm really concerned that if I get involved, she'll get more beat up. She'll, she'll get even more hurt and I'm even more concerned. What do someone do in that situation? Well, that's a really good question. It's hard for people on the outside to understand. So first of all, be there, listen, and, and, and hear what the women have to say. But also contact your local uh, women's shelter. Uh, there's a national hotline, but there's also state and community hotlines as well. They can be very helpful in providing direction and resources as well uh, for the women who, who want to help others and for the women who are in abusive relationships themselves. The other thing I think we need to be aware of is that it's very hard for women to get out of abusive relationships. So we who want to be helpers have to be uh, patient and persistent. So it may take them two or three tries before they're successfully able to get out, but don't give up on them. No, let them know that you are there for them at all times. Right, right. You can, I suppose you can also take uh, your friend or whoever has been abused to a hospital or a clinic and the doctors will be able to manage that as well uh, with the authorities. Isn't that correct? Sometimes, um, the, the, sometimes the, the emergency rooms aren't prepared or don't understand about the situation. So I think a women's shelter would be better situated to help ah. if that's at all possible. They're more informed. They're, they can know about what are the risks and the dangers and how to minimize those. So if a woman get, wants to get out, um, they will help them provide prepare and develop a safe plan to get out. So because uh, the abusers are very controlling and um, will, you know, spy on the women and follow them. And, and so it, they really have to be careful. So the women's shelters are a great way to go. Uh, yeah, women are, um, obviously, these are codependent relationships. As you say, they're being stalked, stalked by their partners or husbands, and, and it's such a scary situation. So being around others, being around other women and support uh, would be so, so helpful. You have been working with music for over 30 years, so let's talk about what music has brought you and the women that you support. Yeah, and I think we all intuitively have a sense of how powerful and magical music is. But music therapists have the training, the musical training, and then also the psychological training to combine those two. Uh, it's that music affects us uh, not just emotionally, but physically, cognitively, spiritually, all at the same time. So it really has a profound impact on us and really has great potential for personal transformation. And when I'm talking about working with women survivors, I need to make clear that the women are indeed uh, abused and victimized and have to recover from that harm, but they're not what, what is wrong. They don't cause the violence. The abuser causes the violence, but the harm that comes along with it and the abusers isolate them and control them and, and beat them down emotionally, you know, telling them it's their fault. Uh, they, 
they asked for it. They deserved it. They didn't do, didn't deserve anything better. So that's where the music therapy comes in. And what works the most powerfully in music is live music and also music that is the personal choice. It has personal meaning for the women. So there's any kind of music. So in my book, I've got about 200 songs there for people to listen to. Uh, and then in music therapy, we sing along because in singing to the music, we internalize it and sort of reflect onto the music, our own experiences. And then I also work with the women on writing their own songs because their voices have been silenced by their abuser. And so this gives them a chance to reclaim their, their voices and to reclaim their lives. You said something big just now. Voices has been silenced. You know, it's so, so true. And a lot of, a lot of women, they, they don't speak out their truth and they're held, holding back. I mean, I'm talking about the throat chakra. I don't know if you know much about the throat chakra and, and how that area of energy that's in the throat area um, has such a unique tone and energy that um, when you are, and, and sometimes it's even if a perpetrator has put their hand on their throat to control them, that stops their ability to speak up, right? Just from the physical trauma of that energy and being choked in that manner. And I know that the one thing for millions, I mean, I can't even tell you, you know, I'm talking about ancient times, um, sound, sound and voice has been, and, and music has been, passed down from generations to generations. So there's a set of vibration and tone. And I think that's why I love sound um, a therapy, you know, where they use, use these glass uh, bowls, you know, that where you can literally create sound. I think that's part of the reason why I like that so much. Um, with your music therapy, are you combining sound with words? Uh, well, I don't do sound therapy. I do do music therapy, but certainly it, it you know, it's the, the music making. And as you say, the voice is so very powerful. It is a very, it's a very personal, the most personal intimate of instruments. Uh, and as you say, the, the physical trauma from the abuse can certainly stop that. And also the psychological trauma uh, for the, the abuser who's controlling and, and stopping their voices. But you mentioned something very important the the history of music through all times in all civilizations in human experience, it speaks to that power of music. What we can't say in words, we can say in music. And that music can be with lyrics or it can be not. It can just be simple sounds and, and music making and, and all of that. And it's that power of music uh, that we use to express our most intimate experiences. Mm. So um, recently I got myself an RV. Mm. And I, yes, because I was, I really needed to get out <laughs> from being in the COVID restrictions. So I just went, came back from Utah and I went to Zion as well as Bryce Canyon. But there, there's a lot of Native American um, uh, artwork and, and crafts. And I, I got this beautiful Native American flute. Now, I don't know how to, I don't know how to play a flute. I've never played a flute. I've got my own. But I, oh, do you really have I one? Do. Wow. <laughs> it's beautiful. Sandy, I'll tell you, I was really touched by the sound. And just, you know, in a few 
minutes of just reading a book, I was able to create a few notes. And it brought tears to my eyes because I really felt the connection to the flute uh, vibration, the, the sound of the flute, and how uh, it really, just all my cells just woke up. It felt like that was what was happening. <laughs> it's a very evocative, it's all, it's, it, it's next closest to the voice. It has the breath and the, and the sound that you get with that. And it's a very, uh, very evocative uh, sound that unless, you, until you hear it, you, you don't really experience it as, as you and I have both. Right, right. I mean, I'm, I'm just starting. You know, I love music and I've, I've played music um, as an adult, I love guitar and an electric guitar. So I have that and I have my ukulele. But mm. having that little flute changed a, another p- part of me because I can feel that, that that energy of a flute is actually very ancient. It felt to me. Um, I'm someone that um, can feel deeply about my ancestral energy and my, if you want, you can call it past life, but I just call it my ancestral energy. And, and I feel like that flute has been ancient. It's one of the first, um, next to the drum, I would say it's one yeah. of the first musical instruments, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's certainly, it's certainly one of the earlier ones. And, and there's just something, as you say, about it. Uh, and, you know, you sound like you've got a lot of music uh, abilities and some music experience, and that's marvelous. For those who don't or who want to take it further, if you ever want to take your, your flutes, your uh, Native American flute playing to a further, more deeper level, uh, that's what the music therapist is there for, to make that music accessible for everybody. Sometimes when we think about music uh, therapy, we think of just listening, but it's really the active engaging in music making as you found in playing just a few notes on the flute how powerful that is Mm, you just said those two words music making that's beautiful love that and in your book music for women survivors of violence a feminist music therapy interactive ebook what's great is that it's truly interactive you mentioned that there's like 200 songs so uh, that's something that you can listen to while you're reading the book yeah, and like I, at, in one point of mind, I think, wow, there's 200 songs. And then I think, oh, there's only 200. There's so many I've missed out. Uh, but it's a good start. And you can listen to it and you can sing along. And then there's the readings go with it. Uh, and so the songs are there to explore, uh, to make meaning of women's experiences in this world. Uh, you don't have to be a survivor of violence. You know, women growing up in this in this life have experienced, you know, possibly cat calls or objections objectification of women. I think they say on any any given day, two out of every three women are unhappy with their bodies and going on a diet. So there's a lot of pressures growing up to be, you know, for girls and women. And music gives insight uh, in, in the songs I've chosen to give insight to that and how we can break through some of the barriers and some of the, the you know, the hardships that we've experienced, sometimes without no even understanding or even knowing uh, what the meaning of gender means in this current culture. Mm, such a good point. Um, you know, every morning I actually turn on my iPhone and I have a set of, of my, it's called um, Dr. Suzanne's Faves every morning. Uh-huh. And I've got, I've got one that's specifically, it's, um, it's for an upbeat. So I played in my shower so that I can just get ready and get my energy, you know, right at that level where I'm ready for the day. And it's incredible. It actually has a lot to do with the beat. I don't even listen to the words. I just listen to the beat of the music. Isn't that interesting? 
Yeah, and that's that's very true. And and you're showing how how powerful music is in actually it, it can increase our you know our motivation, our empowerment. It can uh, get our heart rate going and get all pumped up and geared up if we want to. At the beginning of the day, we can also use music to wind down and relax uh, if we want to do some you know reflection. So there's a, something there for everybody for every different mood that we need to access. It's powerful. It's very powerful. You also mentioned that in your book, you teach how to make your own song and, and for you to sing. Now, I do not have a good voice. I I think part of it is because I have a very raspy voice and I it got injured when I was um, in chiropractic school and at UCLA um, in the kinesiology mm. department. I used to we, we all did, what we all did is we, we did a lot of dissection and there was a formaldehyde, formaldehyde uh. in, and it totally created uh, damage to my throat, my, my voice box, and I ended up getting vocal nodules. So since I was young, uh. I don't think I was a good singer back then either, but I have not had a good voice. But I will tell you this, for some reason in the last a few years, I've been wanting to sing more. You know, so learning, I, I even took a singing class because I, even though I don't have a great voice, I just wanted to be able to sing and felt comfortable singing. And it's very empowering using your voice in, in just creating sound. It is. And also accepting our voice, however it is. You know, we have these images and these sounds on, on, on the TV and on the radio and the, our iPods. But, you know, coming to terms with your own voice, and actually your voice sounds like it would make a very husky, sexy, fabulous song uh, to be <laughs> <Thank> sung <you>. with. <laughs> uh, and I've, there's been a couple of singers who are, who are famous for, for voices. So it, it may be that sometimes we mistake unique for not very good. Uh, it is unique. Your voice is uniquely yours, and everybody else has their own unique voice. And I think that's what that part of that empowering to hear our voices and to accept our voices and to take joy in them. Yes, yes. I, you know, um, it's interesting how for, for and myself and a lot of my patients, that area of the neck has been in some way suffocated, smothered, um, you know, stopped in some way. A lot of, a lot of women I've worked on, I do a lot of also deep um, inner, and work with their emotions and their voice as in, not so much as in music therapy, but to be able to speak up, to be able to share their true inner voice. And I know that with trauma, it, it stunts it, it stops it. Now I've had my share of um, trauma around the neck. And so working on the music and the therapies of singing and all that has really has helped and particularly speaking on the radio it's very interesting I've been doing radio for a few years and it's really helped me be able to connect with my true inner voice as well how can women use um, overcome that trauma by using music yeah, when I think when you're talking about trauma, then you really need somebody who's going to be able to help you uh, go into that, uh, into that delving deeply into to the experience at somebody who has the who has the expertise to make sure it's a safe journey. And so in that case, uh, through music, it would be through music therapy with a, a credentialed music therapist um, would be the way to go. Um, and the music therapist can travel with them on that journey and help them help them 
be safe while they explore that. Uh, and so for people wanting to find a music therapist, uh, many of the shelters have them, but you may not want to go to a shelter. That may not be your, your trauma. Uh, and so you can go to musictherapy.org, which would connect people to music therapists in their neighborhood if they wanted um, to go that, that deeper step. Uh, would be important to have that support, as you know, uh, working with the women that you've been working with as well. Right. Dr. Curtis, uh, do you see clients yourself over the phone? Do you help clients um, and have private um, sessions with them? I I haven't, uh, just, uh, just, just by circumstance. But I know music therapists are now working uh, over the phone or over the computer, uh, things like Skype or Zoom, um, to do, as you say, telehealth, but telehealth music therapy. So there are those who are working now in the pandemic. So if somebody wants to go right away, there, there will be resources for, for somebody who wants to find a music therapist. Musictherapy.org. That's great. And, and you know, um, one of the things that I, I'm big on is movement therapy, too. Uh, do you ever combine music with movement? I do because it's such a it's such a natural connection. Uh, we almost can't listen to music and not move. Certainly, when you see youngsters, infants, and up to two years old, they just start bopping around as soon as they hear the music. And so there's that connection. So I, I combine movement to music, but I also combine uh, art, you know, uh, artwork as well, uh, just because those creative arts are all interconnected in their in their way. So whatever works best uh, for the person I'm working with, that's the route I'm going to go. But uh, of course, music is my area of expertise. Great. Thank you. Do you believe that we can use like pop music as music therapy for our mental and psychological health? Oh, absolutely. And and my book is all pop music, but of various types, because as I said, it's the music that has personal meaning for you that it's going to be the most powerful. Uh, and so I've got, you know, pop, country, rap, R&B, uh, indie, you name it. I've got something in there trying to find something for everybody, for people who want to just get a taste of how they can use music to uh, explore and reflect and, and for personal growth. That book is a good way to start. And then they can see if they want to go a little further and connect with a music therapist, uh, uh, you know, in, in their neighborhood. But yeah, it's uh, any type of music. So I don't, it's not a given for me what I, what kind of music there is, you know, there's no one single type that works. So I all, so music therapist is trained with all. So you've got classical music, you know, you, you name it. It's what is meaningful for the person with whom I'm working. Mm. You mentioned rap music and some music, the, there are some derogatory terms, mm. you know, when they're singing, um, do you recommend, uh, women to listen to then children or is it more so that you want music that doesn't have any of those um words that might be uh more aggressive yeah and as much as music can be powerful for healing there is a long tradition of patriarchy and and uh, as you say aggression against women in in the images or in the words so yeah i would be very careful the music that i choose i always when i'm working with women survivors of violence i always use music of women singer songwriters because for them they're more readily able to make the connection between this singer this 
important, well-known singer in their own lives if they're hearing it in women. But as but there's so many fabulous songs by strong women singer-songwriters there that are challenging the, you know, are, are challenging the stereotypes of women and, and challenging violence against women. So there's fabulous songs out there, and that's what I use when I'm, I'm using it. But occasionally, on rare... I, I, rare occasion I might use uh you know uh something that that you know reflects the stereotypes uh, you know the negative side and then we can look at it and say well have you heard those messages before and what ways can we challenge those those messages in our own lives mm. can you give some of the women that you also follow the women uh the strong women who are artists which artists do you like to work with uh. Oh, there's so many out there. And uh, I, you know, and actually, you know, the, on the radio, I've been listening to Lizzo. I've been listening to Lady Gaga, Beyonce. Um, actually, Dolly Parton has a great song for the pandemic that just came out. So it's really amazing what's out there. <laughs> I love Dolly. Dolly, I just love her and her her movies. I grew up watching them, so I love it. That's great. She's got a great message. So you'll have to, that people have to check her out. <laughs> she's got a, a I will great have song to if there's. Out. It's already for the COVID. That's amazing. Oh God, what a delight it has been speaking to you, um, Dr. Curtis. Really, I, I want people to know that you're out there and that your book is out there for everyone. You don't have to be a survivor of violence, actually. I think this would be helpful for any situation, any kind of stress that you're dealing with. Music for women, survivors of violence, but you don't have to be a survivor to be able to work with this book, a feminist music therapy interactive ebook. Where can we get that book? There's a link to the to the place to to the publisher at my website at sandycurtis.com and that's s a n d i c u r t i s dot com. Fantastic! Thank you so much, sandycurtis.com s a n d i curtis dot com. Great information that you've given. I know everyone who's listening would definitely want to look into that book uh, for themselves and for their children. Thank you again, Sandy. Oh, my great pleasure. Ah, oh, gosh, such great information. Now, if you've, you've learned a great deal here, I'm sure you have valuable information, so do share the show with your loved ones. It can really change their life for the better. And please subscribe if you haven't already so we can continue to do our very best here on Wellness for Life. If you need help in digging deeper with your health issues, I work with people globally through phone and Skype consultations. And my contact info is available on my website, drsuzanne.com. Until next time, go out there and live your best life today, full of energy, enthusiasm, and ultimate health and wellness. This is Dr. Suzanne sharing natural strategies on the Wellness for Life show right here on Radio MD. Stay well.